0: Turn with me, please, to uh, John, Gospel account of John, and the 14th chapter. Also go to uh, 1 John, chapter 3, John 14 and 21. Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. A lot of love in here. And will manifest myself to him. I don't know if you're as excited about that phrase as I am. I've been excited about it for years, but much more so in recent times. This is what the world is hungry for. The reality of God. Put the Amplified up for us guys. In this verse. It said. I will let myself. Be clearly seen by him. The previous thing said. I will show. I'll reveal. I'll manifest myself to him. I'll let myself be clearly seen by him. And make myself. Real to him. What is a church. Where God's not real to the people. What is a Christian that Jesus is not real to? There's far too much of this. And that's why people that know these churches and are around these people are not drawn to come to church or to be a believer. They don't see any reality of God. They don't sense it. The people that are going to church themselves so many times, God's not real to. And sometimes people think they're waiting on God. They wish He would manifest Himself, but just not much happening. But that's not the case. We're not waiting on him. He told us exactly what to do and that if when we would do this, he would reveal himself to us, make himself real to us, show himself to us. Are you hungry for this, saints? Hmm? Do you want God to be more real to you? Do you want to see more of him? Know him? not from somebody else's second-hand experience, from your own experience. That you know him for yourself. He's real to you. He's not theory. He's real. You experience him. That's what this verse is talking about. Are we just waiting on him to do it though? No. He told us to do something. What did he tell us to do? He said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Another one said, You'll keep my words. We said that word keep means a number of things. To keep means you treasure, you value. To keep means you hold on to and don't turn loose, you don't forget. And to keep means to practice, you do them. Do you love the Lord? Do you love His words? Do you plan to treasure everyone that you see and hear and hold on to and not let them go and put them into practice on a regular daily basis as a way of life. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer, I'm a doer. I'm a doer, I'm a doer of the word of God. I'm a doer of God. If you are, you'll be a person that knows the Lord for yourself. Amen. And if you do it in an increasing way. You'll be a person that the Lord is becoming more and more real to. Oh glory to God. He's going to. Uh, this is not Brother Keith's idea. He said. Yes, sir. He said. Red letters. When you do this. Jesus himself the master. The head of the church. Told you when you do this. I am. I'm going to manifest myself to you church we're on something here now we we are on something and what if all of us are growing in this on a daily basis in our own personal life what's going to happen when we come together? you won't just be seeing me I won't just be seeing you. He will manifest himself. In our midst. Because you and I are doing as believers, individuals, what He told us to do. And you and I as a church and as a ministry are doing what He's telling us to do. And as we do, He's going to show up. He's going to reveal Himself and manifest Himself. And we're going to see Him and know Him like we never have before. He's going to be more real to us than our breath, than the body we live in. Oh, glory to God. And that's how we're going to know our hour of opportunity and our day of visitation. And we're not going to waste our life and do what we're put here to do. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, go to John. We began in the gospel account of John looking at the words of Jesus. Jesus. Now, all the words in this book are the words of God, and they're all vital and important. But it would definitely be a challenge to do a series on every word in the Bible. The one we're undertaking is quite large in and of itself. But the Scripture said that if everything Jesus said and did was recorded, not even the world itself could contain the books that should be written. So there's a whole lot of things Jesus said that we don't have. And everything he said was good and life and important, which makes these things that the Holy Ghost handpicked for us and preserved for us through all these centuries, these are particularly special, aren't they? And so they should be absolute treasures to us and let's look at them and believe for revelation in them again this morning in John chapter 1 we're asking ourselves three questions you know the three questions number one do we know who said this do we realize who said this who's talking number two do we understand what he said how does it apply to us what does it mean to us And then number three, are we doing it? And if we are, can we do it better? Can we do it more? In John 1, verse 38 and 39, we see Jesus said, Come and see. Come and find out. He's a faith Jesus. Now let's keep reading from there. Verse 40 says, One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew. Simon, Peter's brother. He first finds his own brother, Simon, and says to him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ, the Anointed One. Don't you like that? We have found the Messiah. We found Him. Glory to God. Somebody say, We found Him. Why not you say that out loud? We have found the Messiah. We, found, the Messiah. we found Him. We found the Glory to God. God. We found him, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now get ready, Jesus is fixing to speak here. You understand fixing, don't you? Yeah. I know you do. (laughs) He brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, when Jesus looked at him, he said, drum roll, red letters, What did he say? You are Simon the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. He said, you are, and he called his name and whose boy he was. But he didn't stop there. What did he say? You shall be called. Is Jesus big in the calling? Now the church has gotten away from this. They make fun of people like you and me that practice confession. They call us confess it, possess it bunch. Blab it and grab it. Huh? Claim it, frame it. All kind of names. But they don't realize they're making fun of Jesus. Because he was a caller. You reckon Peter. Was a rock. There's evidence. That he might not have been such a rock. (laughs) There could have been some instability about the boy. (laughs) He was a little too quick to pipe up and talk. Wasn't he? He was real quick to move and act too. Wasn't he? That's not a sign of being a rock you know what i'm talking about without us going into all the scriptures do you know the word well enough to know there's times he spoke up he should have been quiet there's times he moved he should have waited that's not rock-like personality and behavior and yet yet jesus said this is who you are this is your name It's where you come from, but you shall be called a rock. Does he call those things that be not as though they were? wonder what he calls you. (laughs) One of these days, you're going to get a new name that the Lord has already picked out for you for all eternity. You're going to find out about it. But he already has called you a lot of things. And they're all good. I said they're all good. He doesn't call you an old sinner. Jesus never called you a failure or a mistake. He has called you the righteousness of God in himself. He's made you wisdom. He's made you righteous. He calls you healed. He calls you rich. How many think we ought to agree with the master and call ourselves what he calls us even if we don't remotely look like it? We should call ourselves what he calls us. We don't know all of Peter's response. At this time, he didn't know the Lord. He might have been quiet. He might have been different today. They're just getting acquainted. But what if he'd have said, <laughs> Rock? Me? <laughs> I don't think that's what Mama and them would say. <laughs> you think, Well, my brothers, the people I work with the fish with, they might not call me a rock. <laughs> I don't know about that, Jesus. It's good to meet you, but I don't know about all that. <laughs> See? Why did you talk like that, Brother Kidd? He didn't know who this is. They're just meeting. But when the Lord says something to you, don't argue with Him. Don't argue with Him. Agree with Him. I said, agree with Him. You don't have to explain to Him your history and your past and what it looks like and feels like. He knows more about that than you do. You remember Gideon? Remember Gideon, angel of the Lord finds him hiding from the enemy and said, Gideon, you mighty man of valor, he's hiding from the enemy. <laughs> he's trying to get him a little food before they see it, and grab it, and run back up in the cave and hide. <laughs> he don't look like no mighty man. Looks like a little sissy man. <laughs> he looks yeller. You know what yeller is? I didn't say yellow. <laughs> He's hiding. He's trying to get a little food. And run back up in the cave. In fact, if you read the whole passage, you see his response to it was like, ha <laughs> ha. What mighty man are you talking about? (laughs) Who else is up in there? I don't see no mighty man. But how many know before the story was over, God used this man that was cowering and hiding to bring a great victory? I mean, we're still talking about the miracle today. God, you Gideon is in the Bible. He's in Hebrews 11. Hero of faith. Glory to God. When God calls you something, don't argue with Him. Agree with Him. If He says you're healed, if He says you're strong, if He says you're righteous, if He says you're clean, now don't forget what we're doing here. We have already said when we hear a word from Jesus, we're not going to forget it by lunchtime after the service. We're going to keep this in front of us. And whatever he calls us in the word. And whatever he calls us by his spirit. We're not going to argue with him. We're not going to drag our feet on it. We're not going to try to explain it away by what we feel or we experience. We're going to agree and we're going to say yes. If you say I'm a rock. Then I'm a rock. It's what I am. No matter what I look or feel like. I am what you say I am. Everybody say it out loud. I am. I am. What the Lord says I am. That's it. Whatever he says. That's what I am. Glory to God. You are what you have become. Not what you have to be. And you can become very different. In the days and weeks and years to come. How many believe Peter changed? There was still instability about him. Even after his association with Jesus for years. I believe he changed in those next two or three years. But you know he did stand out there and deny the Lord too. That's not a rock. Is it? That's collapsing. That's not being strong. That's not being dependable. That's failing. But even when the Lord knew beforehand. That he was going to do that. And he told him. Before it ever happened. He said Peter. Satan's desired to sift you like wheat. But. I have prayed for you. And when, not if, when you are converted and straightened out and turned around, you go strengthen your brothers. What? This is before he blew it. And we know he was unstable. We know he wasn't a rock many times. But don't you think it pleased the Lord to see him on the day of Pentecost, filled with Holy Ghost fire, yeah. preaching. Glory to God, the gospel. And thousands getting saved in a single day. And year after year, he was an elder in the church. He was a leader. He was strong. He served God. He became a rock in the church. Glory to God. That means there's hope for you and me. (laughs) If with him we'll agree. Say it again, I am. Whatever he says I am. He says, I, am. I, agree with him. I agree with him. Now, verse 43, the day following Jesus would go forth to Galilee and he finds Philip and he said to him, drum roll please, what do he say? Follow me. Red letters, Jesus said, follow me. follow me. Now, we spent weeks talking about this one already. Because that is the call to be a disciple. Isn't it? Follow me. And it means leave everything. Be willing to pay any price. Follow me. Follow me how far? All the way. Follow me how long? Forever. This is a whole different life. And so we spend a lot of time on that. Follow me. Now, Philip was a Bethsaida of the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip finds Nathanael. And he said to him, we found him. (laughs) We found him. Come on, don't just read this like letters off the page. Put yourself in these guys' position. Are they excited? Can you hear the excitement? What are they saying? (laughs) We found him. (laughs) We have found the one that Isaiah talked about, Jared talked about, Moses prophesied about, everybody's been preaching about for centuries. We found him. We found him. Did you find him? Come on, saints. Saint. Did you find him? Have you found him? <laughs> if you don't know where you have or not, he's here. He's here this morning. I'm so glad I found him. Oh, we found him. Of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did right. And he's Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. That's who he is. We found him. And Nathaniel said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? (laughs) I reckon Nazareth had a bad reputation. (laughs) You know, this was one of the things that the religious leaders used to discount Jesus as being the disciple. They said everybody knows that the prophecy says that the Messiah, the Christ, was to come out of the city of David. And no prophet comes out of that region where he came from. And yet, he was born in the city of David. But all they see is where he's living now, and where he grew up recently. And they used it to discount it. And Nathaniel, we know later on, we know Nathaniel's a good man. But he's saying, really? Nazareth, huh? (laughs) Uh, He's not convinced, is he? You can tell, he's not sold at all. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And uh, Philip said to him what he just learned not too long ago. (laughs) Oh, come on, help me out. What did he say? Well, i tell you what, Nathaniel. Come find out. Come and see. How many know when you got the real thing, you don't have to hard sell it? Huh? When you got a good product, it sells itself. What do you say? Just take a bite. You want to buy some. Drive it and you'll see. Go look at it. If it's really that good, it'll sell itself. Come and see. Come find out. And he's so convinced. You you need to have that much confidence in the Bible, in the Holy Spirit, in your church, in your own faith and walk with God. The people around you say, well, is anything to all that tongue talking and how y'all carry on? What do you say? Come find out. We're not trying to hard say you. Judge it for yourself. See if there's any reality of God there. Come see. Come find out. And... uh, He did. He tagged along. And verse 47, Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him. And he said, drum roll. What did he say? Behold means what? Look. Look. Or depending on how far south you're from, looky here. (laughs) (laughs) Looky here. An Israelite, indeed, in whom is no guile. These are the words of Jesus. Do they matter to us? Yes. Do we know who's talking? Yes, sir. What do they mean to us? Then we should know this is really important to him. This is of great value in his eyes. Jesus. Jesus. If it's important to him, it should be important to us. What's important to him? No guile. What is guile? If you look up the word, it basically means deceit. Deceit. The definition of deceit is the act or practice of deceiving, concealment or distortion of the truth, For the purpose of misleading. Concealment. And or distortion. Of the truth. Now we've talked about this before. And I've said enough about it. You might have thought it was a personal soapbox of mine. About lying. But listen. It's not just my idea. I'm telling you. God hates. Lying. Oh, he hates it. he doesn't hate liars, but he hates lying deception, and you should hate it too. You should hate lies and deception and deceit. Jesus sees Nathaniel coming and he doesn't throw words around for no reason, and he said many 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 many, many many. many Hundreds of thousands and thousands of wonderful things he said and most all of them are not recorded for us. But this one is. What did he say? Here's somebody with no guile. What does that mean? Honest. Sincere. If Nathaniel told you something that's exactly how it was. He wasn't shading it. He wasn't hiding it. He wasn't twisting it. Nathaniel was an honest, sincere man. And I can tell you without knowing him, he was also a humble man. Because the two are inseparable. Honesty and humility go hand in hand. You can see that in just a few moments by his response to Jesus. He responds in such a way that shows you a connection to this. No guile. What impresses Jesus? This impressed Jesus, didn't it? He remarks about it. He didn't just think it. He said it out loud for everybody around him to hear. He said, look here. Here is an Israelite in whom there is no guile, zero deceit, no deception, no junk, He's a straight shooter. He's as honest as can be. There's no junk, no falsehood, no putting on with him. He's real. Should we be that way? Is it important? Oh. Oh. (laughs) You know, when you say that, almost everybody will agree. And then the idea is like, yeah, we got that. We're all honest. Everybody be cool and honest from now on. Yeah, great. You wish. Man, I've had preachers, preachers of good strong works look me in the eye and just lie to me. I've had people that were under us that the Lord directed us to help and already gave me some answers if they would open up to us, if they would tell us the truth, and they never would, never would out of pride, out of embarrassment, out of any number of things, would not come clean, would not come straight. And they didn't know it, but we already knew it. We already knew it. And how many understand, God already knows. Doesn't He? That's what 1 John 3 talks about. If your heart condemns you, if your heart is bothering you about anything in your life, it goes on to say, God is greater than your heart. And He knows all things. Somebody say, He knows all things. He knows all things. And a lot of times, other people already know more than you think they do. And the Bible said, if you cover your sin, you will not prosper. I'm quoting Scripture. Proverbs says, you will not prosper. But, if you'll confess it, if you'll be straight, if you'll come clean, if you'll tell the truth, if you'll be honest... It said, you'll have mercy. Oh, glory to God. You'll have mercy. Mercy means you make it through. (laughs) Mercy means you don't get the judgment you deserved. Mercy means you do get the blessing you didn't deserve. Glory Glory to God. But that's only for the people that come clean. You keep hiding it. You can go down. Perish. While you're covering and hiding and lying and twisting and concealing. Does the Lord love truth? He is the truth. His Spirit's called the Spirit of truth. His Word is the Word of truth. Purpose in your heart. I know a lot of folks didn't grow up like that. They grew up with their parents lying. Lying to each other and lying to them. And taught them to lie. Told them to go tell lies to their teachers and coaches and other people. And it's a habit. It's a way of life that people have developed and grown into. But you can change. I said you can change. Purpose in your heart. You're going to be like Nathaniel. You're going to be the kind of person Jesus is pleased with. And even impressed with. Can you see he was impressed with this man? He just sees him walking down the road and he knows something about him. He's impressed with him. He says, There is not a bit of guile in that man. (laughs) Not the least bit of deception, of falseness in him. And it pleased him. Keep reading. Nathanael said to him, Where do you know me from? Jesus said, What did he say? Before that Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, now they just met. It hadn't been, I don't know, a couple hours ago, Nathanael was saying, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? (laughs) And listen to what the man says, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. People who are really honest and really sincere are also humble. And these characteristics make you quick to repent and quick to believe. Oh, are you with me? People who are false, liars, concealers, hiders are also proud and they are also slow to repent. And slow to believe. You don't want to be like that. It's a kind of heart. That is at odds with God. And hard for God to work with. We don't want to be hard to work with. Got to be absolutely. And if necessary. Painfully honest. Come on help me out friends. What? Honest. No matter what it costs you. No matter what you got to do. Absolutely will not shade it, or twist it, or hide it. It is what it is. And you're strong enough, by the grace of God, you're man enough, you're woman enough, you step up, you say it how it is. You tell the truth. If it costs you, it costs you. And if you'll be that kind of person, you'll also be the kind of person that when you see light, you jump on it. You believe it. You act on it. Oh, can you see this in this man? We know he was absolute, sincere, honest, no guile in him. And you see how quick he believed? You see how quick he jumped on this? Because his heart's clear. Can you see? He don't have a bunch of junk holding him back. He's clear. He's ready to believe. He jumps right on this. Jesus even says. Jesus said to him, Because I said I saw you under the fig tree, you already believe? (laughs) Man, that's quick you ready, ain't you? <laughs> to go from, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? <laughs> to, you are the king of Israel. You're him. Man. He said, uh, because I said, I saw you under the fig tree. You believe? You shall see greater things than these. When you are clear and honest like that, and you are quick to repent, you are quick to believe, You're going to see some stuff. It's just going to get greater and greater for you. Glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Put up Psalm 139 for me on the screen, please. Psalm 139. Put it up on the screen for us, verse 1. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. Does he know you? That's what Nathaniel said. How do you know me? He said, I saw you when you were under that fig tree. I don't know what he was doing under that fig tree, but it must have been something close to his heart. Maybe he was praying. Maybe he was talking to God about something. It was something that really touched him in a strong way and quick. Jesus said, I saw you. I saw you under that fig tree. I saw what you were doing. And when he said it, man, it went straight to his heart and he knew it was true that he had seen him. Does God see you? When you're by yourself. When you're in a crowd. Does he know you? Verse 2, you know my down sitting and my uprising. You understand my thought afar off. Do you know he knows what you're going to think before the thought comes in your head real good? You compass my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Is it true? Hebrews says all things are open and naked before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Does he see you? Does he know you? Does he see everything you do? Everything. There's not a word in my tongue. But lo, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. together. Every word you say, he hears. Before you say it, he knows you're going to say it. He hears the word coming before you form it with your tongue and mouth. Every word. You've beset me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Now that's, uh, how does he do that? He's in front of you. He's behind you, and he's got his hand on you. (laughs) Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain to it. I don't understand exactly how you do that, Lord. But he says, where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you're there. If I take the winds of the morning, wings of the morning, and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Where can you go? Where he can't see you. Where he don't know what you're doing. You know, Jonah uh, bought him a ticket on a boat and fled from the presence of the Lord. He's running away from God. How are you going to get away from God? Yet people are doing Do you know millions of people that have, they've known God and they know something about him but they're running from him? They've left home, they're out living in sin they're doing all kind of crazy stuff, they're trying to get away from him and away from the car you can get on the fastest jet, you can go to the most remote island and as soon as you get there and get out behind the palm tree God's going to say, hey <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> what are you doing over here? How are you going to get away from God? But do most people live every hour of every day like they are living it in front of him? No, they don't. But we should. Because we are. He sees everything. He hears everything. He knows us. Here's the great thing. In spite of that, <laughs> he loves us and calls us his own. Wow. But we should remind ourselves continually, the Lord sees this. The Lord hears this. The Lord sees this. He hears this. He hears what we're talking about right now. He sees what I'm thinking right now. He knows where I am. He knows exactly what I'm doing. He knows what I'm thinking about doing. We need to live our life as in front of Him, as before Him, because everything about us is open and naked before His eyes. Everything. It'll help us if we'll live this way. Somebody say, He sees me. He sees. He knows, me. he knows me. I live before Him. I live, before him. I live, naked, before him. I live naked before Him, completely uncovered. Completely uncovered. Every, aspect of my life. every aspect of my life, every thought, every word, every thought, every word. He, sees and knows. he sees and knows. It'll help you to live right, won't it? It'll help you to live clean and be pure if you keep that in mind. 24 7 all the time i've had privilege to be with some of the i consider some of the most mature and anointed and wonderful men women of god of our generation several of them and uh, every one of them that i've known that really knows god they're this way Uh, if you've been with them long enough once in a while they'll speak up and go lord i'm sorry about that and they'll bring god into the conversation and in the situation, because they know he's already there. Yes. They're aware of him. And they're aware that they forgot for a little bit that he's in the middle of it. And sees and knows all of it. And they'll remind themselves And speak and acknowledge him. In the situation. When God's real to you, that's the way you are. But there's so many people, they think, because they don't think about God for days at a time that some way or another, he don't know about it. Because they didn't think about him, he don't know about them. Uh-uh. That's not how it works. <laughs> Even though you don't think about it. It's like somebody who thinks the curtain is drawn. And they're doing some bizarre and wrong stuff. Only to turn around and realize, oops. <laughs> you mean the curtain's drawn? You mean the window is open? You mean the door was open? You mean everybody saw? Uh-huh. He said, you shall see greater things than these. Said out loud. We shall see, we shall see greater things, greater things than, we have seen. than we have seen. He said, verily, verily, I say to you, hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And we don't have time to go into it right now unless the Lord leads us. Maybe we will later. But angels are real. There is traffic between heaven and earth. There is going back and forth. Notice he didn't say son of God. What did he say? Son of man. And we know, according to Hebrews, angels are ministering spirits sent to minister for those of us who shall be heirs of salvation. We know angels are involved in our life. I think we could know more about it. What's going on with these trips to and from heaven? What's happening with this? Do you believe heaven is real? Heaven's real. I said it's real. It's a real place. It's just as real as Branson. Just nicer. Yeah, right. <laughs> and if you're born again, you love the Lord, you have a place there. Yes, I said, You have a place there. That's your real place. Yes, no matter how nice the one you get down here, that's just temporary, and it won't hold a light to that one. No, but uh things are going on between earth and heaven, all the people that are in heaven, they're just as real as they were when they were down here, more free and more aware. And things are going on. And my impression is that we don't know much at all about this. And you see people get in the ditch and they make too big of a deal out of angels. The Bible warns us about worshiping angels and making too much of angels. They're not to be prayed to. They're not to be worshipped. They're not to be sought. They're to help us. The glory goes to the Lord, the head of the church. We worship him. We use his name. But I believe we could know more about the ministry of angels in the earth. And anything that pertains to us, let's ask him for this morning. The ministry of angels. Stand up on your feet. Everybody pray it out loud. Say it out loud. Father God. Father God thank, you thank you. For the truth, for the truth. that enlightens and makes free. And makes free. We, treasure we treasure these words. That we've heard today. That we've heard today. They, are to they are precious to us. We acknowledge the head of the church. We the of the church. And, we and we value honesty. We value the truth. We value the truth. Very highly. Very highly. And, refuse. and refuse. To be partner to a lie. Or any, or any dishonesty. Or any deception. Or any deception. We acknowledge. We acknowledge that, you see us that you see us. All the time. All the time. Everywhere. Everywhere. Night, and day. Night and day. You know our every thought. You know, our every, thought. You know, every, word. You know every word. Every deed. Every deed. Remind us. Remind us continually, continually. That we are before you. That we're, our life that we're living our life completely uncovered, we'll uncovered in, front of you in front of you and before you, and before you everywhere, everywhere all, the time. all the time. We claim, we claim the greater things, greater things than, what we have seen than what we have seen and expect them, and expect them by, your mercy. by your mercy. And we ask you, and we ask you teach, us teach us all we should know about, angels, about angels and their ministry, and their ministry. About, the about the traffic between heaven and earth, heaven and earth. About, about the connections, about the connections between, heaven between heaven and earth. We know we are to walk by faith, not seeing, not knowing, not knowing. Yet, believing. yet believing. But anything, but anything. We, should we should know that you want us to know And understand understand. about angels, about about heaven and earth, we ask you for it in Jesus' name. name. Thank you. you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Just praise him for a moment or two. Lord, we worship you this morning. We acknowledge your presence. We give you glory. We give you praise. You're so good.